the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You're lucky, Tim. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. W.H. Weiscarver, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Weiscarver, a former National Security Advisor and counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Carver's book, Twilight of Empire, shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Carver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner program, visit whyscarver.com. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to shift gears here and talk with one of the uh, partners in a uh, business called Epitome Risk, a service that helps uh, Hollywood TV and film productions travel safely all over the world. And uh, in the process of doing that, of course, COVID came along and... uh, COVID testing became an issue, and she's uh, developed and using a system that tells not only whether or not you have COVID, but whether you're protected against it. We're going to talk about what that is and what that all means with Lisa Wilson, who joins me by phone. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, Let's talk about this. You were already working on logistics for Hollywood film and television sets, um, talking about traveling safely and and that sort of thing was, um, did that start before the pandemic? Yeah, so my business partner, Mike Millette, we lovingly refer to him as G.I. Jones. He's a little bit Indiana Jones, a little bit G.I. Joe. <laughs> He's a... <laughs> He's a retired 
um, Army Ranger. So he has handled dynamic risk for TV and film for well over a decade, uh, doing the things like rappelling into volcanoes and tagging tiger sharks uh, with like Nat Geo and Discovery Channel. Um, so we were, you know, doing that realm. And then when COVID happened, we, you know, had to handle that risk like we would any other risk. And, but Lisa, uh, that sounds that sounds more like like the work you were doing was was stunt related. Was it also um, health and and other kinds of safety? Yeah. So what our company does is we write the risk assessments and we manage all of the professionals that are around that risk. So we would manage some of the stunts. However, we would be doing the risk assessments to say, hey, how do we make this the the a situation with the least amount of risk. You can never get it down to zero, but at least <laughs> the least amount of risk right. for whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So COVID just became another one of those health-related risks that we would write an assessment for and manage. And that seems um, sort of daunting, Lisa. I mean, mm-hmm. all of a sudden... I mean, I'm thinking back to the first few weeks when everything was shutting down and nobody had any answers to anything. How how did you figure out that it was a role for you and Epitome Risk to play? And and what were the, the first steps? So the very first production that we worked on, it was one of the very first productions to go back to set Uh, We actually followed around a bunch of teenagers uh, that were doing good out in the world, and it was a multi-city production. So we had to take a bunch of teenagers, which is daunting enough, right, (laughs) and bring them around the country uh, to do different acts of service. And so we learned a lot, uh, a little bit trial by fire, because COVID is unique in the way that it's invisible, right? So... Um, it's, it's really difficult. And we were, we were learning, this is back in June of 2020 that we handled that production. Um, so we learned a lot as we went, honestly, and, and, and the way that we handle COVID today looks wildly different from what we did back in June, 2020. Um, you know, we were very focused on bubbling everyone. Um, and now that has changed, uh, pretty significantly now on production. Is it, um, is, is vaccine required? Depends on the studio that you're working with. Uh, many of them are leaning that way, but, you know, it also depends on what states that you're working in. You know, so our company, we're headquartered in Florida. Um, Florida does not allow to even ask about your vaccine status, let alone require a vaccine. Um, but many different states have different requirements that allow you to do that um, and different studios are leaning toward requiring vaccination, um, but a lot of them are self-report. So they're asking people to be vaccinated and wanting people to report to them whether or not they have been. Wouldn't that, um, wouldn't some of Governor DeSantis's uh, challenges to vaccination requirements and mask requirements and so on in Florida, wouldn't that also affect the kind of testing that some places are doing to find out if people have COVID? Yeah, so 
right now, especially on productions, you know, many, if, if they're working with unions, they're dictated by SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, and other unions that require a very specific type of testing to be done, which is PCR testing. Um, so those are the nasal swabs, um, which are active virus testing. So regardless of what state you're working in, you know, SAG really dictates most of it anyway. Um, so you have oftentimes on set, whether or not you're vaccinated doesn't really matter <laughs> um, as far as the testing regimens are concerned. Um, if you are in the performance zone, so if you're around the actors, you have to be tested three times a week for active viral testing. And is that something then that uh, that your service provides at Epitome Risk is? Um, yeah, yeah. So we do we do everything. <laughs> so <we laughs> it sounds like assessment. it, Lisa. <laughs> we you know we write the risk assessments. We we provide the staffing, but we also do uh, the COVID testing. We do we own our own labs because um, I got tired of waiting on other labs to, to do the work. So we do rapid on-site testing. We also do PCR testing in lab. But we have a new test, which we're really excited about. It's a neutralizing antibody test called CPAS. And what that test does, it's a, a little finger prick. So it's a small blood sample that you would take. It's like measuring your blood sugar if you're diabetic. Um, and it measures your body's response to the vaccine or previous infection. So um, it measures it's very specific types of antibodies. It's not all of the antibodies your body produces. It's a very specific kind that attaches to the spike protein of the virus that measures your body's ability to prevent the virus from attaching to your cell. Isn't that a procedure that was um, developed in Canada? So it was it was developed by a company called Genscript Biotech. Um, there, a lot of their scientists are in Canada, um, but Genscript is an international company um, that has designed this test. They have it patented as well, and um, yeah, it's 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 groundbreaking in the way that you know it's different from other antibody tests on the market um, because it's more specific. So the other antibody tests just kind of measure all the antibodies that are COVID specific, but it's your body's entire response. It's like throwing darts at a dartboard blindfolded. So if you're exposed to the vaccine or previous infection, your body creates all different shaped antibodies to attach to different parts of the virus. Um, much like I said, throwing darts at a dartboard blindfolded, hoping something's going to hit the board. Our test only measures the darts that hit the bullseye. And how did you come across that test? So when we started our lab, we partnered with an immunologist by the name of Dr. Marvin Hausman. Um, Dr. Hausman is a titan in the medical industry. He's, he's worked for NIH. He's um, helped develop some vaccines. He's fantastic. And, you know, he, in our conversations, said, you know, listen, PCR testing is going to be important, but it's not going to be as important as measuring your body's response to the vaccine because, you know, as we're seeing from Pfizer and Moderna, you know, they've publicly stated that their vaccines are not a forever solution, right? They're only for a limited time before you have to get booster shots. So everybody's body is different, right? So we've been conditioned to look at the date on a calendar to know when we should get a booster shot, right? So 
you step on a nail, your doctor asks you, when was your last tetanus shot? And if it was within the last 10 years, they say, oh, you're fine, right? What our test does is it actually looks to, to see what your body is saying it needs. So for me, I was vaccinated in March. I got the Johnson & Johnson in March, and I have a really strong immune response to it. So even now, going on seven months later, um, I have a 95% inhibition rate, which is really high. I mean, 95% out of 100, right? So right. <laughs> very, very high percentage immune response. Um, that's not the case for everyone. There's been many people. Uh, it was 36% of our patients, of our clients that reported being fully vaccinated, tested negative for neutralizing antibodies. So we were at 36% about a month ago. Now with boosters that have come out, people have taken the booster and retested. That number has gone from 36% down to 18%. So we're really excited because it shows that the boosters are doing what they're supposed to do and providing those neutralizing antibodies to individuals who receive them. Was that something that that we were told and and many of us didn't pay attention to was that you know if you went and got the in your case the one dose from Johnson and Johnson or from Moderna and Pfizer the the double shots um, that they would wear off after some period of time so it's it's been said and then then it kind of flip-flopped quite a bit but Moderna did publicly state back in March that their vaccine would be good for at least six months, right? So that that statement came out in March, and then it kind of went away, and we didn't really hear anything. And then Pfizer came up a couple of months ago and sounded the alarm that booster shots would be required for the same reason. So when you have COVID, so when you've been infected with the actual virus, um, your immunity wanes. It goes down about the four to five month mark, your antibodies go away. So with the vaccines, specifically with, you know, with Moderna, the ones that are out there right now are mRNA vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer specifically. So they're based off of the actual uh, RNA of the virus, right? So if the virus itself cannot provide absolute immunity, so forever, you, you get, it's like chicken pox, right? So if you have chicken pox, you have immunity forever, typically, right? This virus is not that way. So the virus itself did not provide absolute immunity. So there's no way that the vaccines would ever be able to provide that. Fascinating. Um, Lisa, I have to take a, uh, a short break here, but I'd like to talk about this some more. Can you stick around for a few minutes? Absolutely. Okay, we'll come back and talk some more. Lisa Wilson is uh, one of the partners at Epitome Risk. They help Hollywood TV and film productions uh, operate safely all over the world. And we're going to talk some more with Lisa. But first, we're going to let our broadcast partners at WFOV, our voices radio, 92.1 LPFM Flint. Um, they, uh, they are a broadcast service, by the way, of uh, the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in. Or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're uh, streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com 
we have some messages as well. And uh, in the meantime, don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse, because I will return with Lisa Wilson from Epitome Risk. Hello, right darling. This. this is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter. 
is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with Lisa Wilson from Epitome Risk, who helps uh, Hollywood TV and film productions with uh, all kinds of safety issues, including uh, COVID protection testing, which we were talking about a little bit before the break. Anyway, Lisa joins me by phone. Lisa, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. (laughs) Of course, Tom. It's been great. Um, now we were talking about this, uh, this test CPAS and what it basically does. Now, is, is this something you can give to someone who is, has antibodies built up from having the disease or has, uh, taken the vaccine or both? Um, what are, are there limitations to who can benefit from this test? No, that's the beauty of it. Everyone can benefit from it. Um, so your body's response is, is similar, whether it was a previous infection or the vaccine. Um, it, we're measuring the antibodies produced by your body, and there's really no difference in that antibody that's being produced. Uh, the difference is only the levels in which they are produced. So we have seen a stronger response from vaccinated individuals than from people who were previously infected. So um, I even have family members that took this test after they were um, infected with COVID. Um, We were able to do a longitudinal study. So we were able to test them from the time they were infected until they no longer tested positive for neutralizing antibodies. And they used that information to then go and get the vaccine. So once they didn't have any type of protection level that registered as positive in their system, that's when they made the decision to go and get vaccinated. Now, pretty much everybody, I think, in uh, in the U.S. is being vaccinated at no cost. Is there an expense mm-hmm. for this test? So this test is because it's sent to your home, so it's considered a direct access test. So there is a, a cost to it. However, you can get a reimbursement through a flexible spending account or a health savings account. So the test that we have currently on our website, which is epitomerisk.com, you can order it. It includes round-trip shipping um, to and from your home to our lab. Um, And the cost for an individual kit is $170 for corporate um, clients as well as for live events. We've been doing a lot of live events recently. We do have discounted rates when you order, you know, bulk amounts at one time. Now, how does that work when you do a live event or you're at a, a, a film set for film or TV and, and there are multiple people being tested? What, how quickly do you get the response? How long do people have to wait around to get the results? And then what happens if the results aren't so good? Excellent question. Uh, so we just did an event. It was an international wedding and they had everyone in the wedding party get tested for neutralizing antibodies. And we sent kits out directly to every person's home, and they took the test 
in their home. And then when they sent it back, they had results within 24 hours of our lab receiving this specimen. And there were quite a few, I would say a solid 20% of the individuals who took our test tested negative for neutralizing antibodies. So they ran the risk of potentially contracting the virus when they traveled because they no longer had the antibodies necessary to neutralize the virus. So what well, those individuals did, they had enough time. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask, Lisa, in that situation, are they, um, which is the greater danger, that they contract mm -hmm. COVID or that they can help spread COVID? A little bit of both. So right now the jury is still out about the transmissibility of vaccinated people. So vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Uh, science believes right now, but again, all this stuff is so embryonic still. We're still learning so much every day. Science believes that vaccinated people have less of a chance of transmitting the virus to those around them. Um, so much less than unvaccinated individuals, especially with the Delta variant. Um, where our test is important is many of those individuals were, were elderly that were going to be attending this wedding. They tested negative and then went and consulted with their physician and decided the best course of action for them would be to go get a booster shot. And they did, and then they retested with us, and their inhibition rate went up into the 90 percentile range again. So like I told, told you earlier, I was at ni I'm at 95% right now, almost 10 months after my vaccine. So those individuals who were negative jumped all the way up to about a 92 to a 97% range. So they felt much safer being out in the world again. And the booster shot did what it was intended to do. When you're, you're doing lots of these tests for various uh, types of clients, are you finding by and large the people that are vaccinated are um, holding up their their immunities so yes and no it depends on on which way you look at it so before the boosters 36 percent of our clients who reported being fully vaccinated tested negative for neutralizing antibodies which means they did not have the antibodies necessary to fight off the virus was so there anything consistent was there any consistency about when those people had been vaccinated and, and how long, how much time had gone by before they got that test? Generally, yes. I mean, it was uh, many of the individuals that were vaccinated in January and February. However, there were still many people that had either pre-existing conditions um, or had other events happen. We had one individual who was vaccinated in March, and then he received a pretty major surgery that affected his immune system, and he tested negative in June, which was a very short time frame, um, but his immune system did not hold the immunity for COVID very long, um, and it, it may have been, it's anecdotal, but it may have been because of his major surgery. I, I would think maybe that something had ha happened with regard to losing and receiving blood. 
Yeah, that's a that's an excellent question, um, and, and there's just still so much that we're learning right now. So it's, it's tough to weigh in too much on on the reasons behind why someone's immunity might not last as long. But we have seen quite a few people that only a few months after the vaccine um, test negative. Now, that being said, this is why I said it depends on which way you look at it, 36% tested negative, but that still leaves 64% who tested positive months later. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that just, you know, are, is the glass half empty or half full <laughs> right now? Um, but what I think the important takeaway here is we have to be advocates for our own health. And we can't just look at the date on a calendar to know when and if we need a vaccine or a booster. We should know based on what our body is telling us it needs. Are there a lot of uh, outlets for this uh, CPAS in the States? So there are quite a few labs that are offering this test. Many of them are doing it through a standard blood draw. So you have to go to a phlebotomist. They take your blood. Um, our lab actually does it through a finger prick method. So we mail the kit to your home. It's, a, like I said, similar to measuring your glucose levels if you're diabetic. And then you would send the kit back to the lab. So you don't need a traditional blood draw for it. So that's where our lab is, is different from other labs offering this test. And aside from uh, movie and, and television productions, mm-hmm. who are some of your clients at Epitome Risk? We deal a lot with executives, but we deal a lot with individuals as well. Um, moms, um, teachers getting back to work people that are planning events or or planning weddings and they want their family to come together. This test isn't specific to just, you know, the glitz and glam of, of Hollywood. Um, While that has been our clientele before this test, there are many opportunities and uses for this test. I know for myself, I, I travel a lot for work and the sense of peace that I have being out and about right now because I know my immune response is very strong still. It, it's it's invaluable, honestly, just that, that peace of mind that I have being out and about. So it's, you know, people going back to school. It's, it's college students. It's people going back out into the world in general. It's really for everyone. Now, you said SAG was... Uh sort of behind this um, or or at least supportive of this and, and other protocols with regard to, to COVID-19. Um, have you run into celebrities or other people in the so-called biz, you know, showbiz, um, that were reluctant to take the test? So SAG right now is still really pushing for PCR testing. Um, what, what is that? You know, our test, PCR, so that's like active virus testing. So that's putting the nasal swab gotcha. um, and testing okay. if you have COVID or not. Um, what's, what's the problem with PCR testing is it's just a snapshot. So someone could be COVID positive and test negative on a, in a standard PCR test because they just haven't hit the viral load necessary to pop positive. Um, so you could have someone testing negative 
for COVID-19, but they're still contagious. They still have COVID. Um, our test is, is different in the way that it tests your body's response to the vaccine, so your, your level of um, protection at this point. Um, our test is good for like three to six months. So you would take our test and you would know it wouldn't matter necessarily if you were exposed to anyone who tested positive because you would have the immune response necessary to not get sick with COVID uh, potentially. So there are many executives, there are actors, there are producers that take our test for their own peace of mind. They do still have to follow SAG protocols of the PCR testing, but we are really trying to make a shift in the thought process behind some of these unions to say, you know, you're actually setting up productions for a higher likelihood of outbreaks by doing PCR testing than if you were to measure their immune response to the vaccine or previous infection. Are most of the, the Hollywood sets, are, are they closed? Are they operating in a bubble? I've talked to a couple of actors who have been in productions fairly recently. One, in mm-hmm. fact, uh, had had uh, gone back to work with uh, Tyler Perry um, with one of his uh, television productions and said that they were in a complete bubble. Tyler Perry did a really interesting thing. I, I love what he did and he really wanted everyone to to get back to work and and have a livelihood and he did he he moved so many of members of his production to set and they all lived in this communal environment so that way they could get back to work and they they wouldn't be out of work Um, but they also didn't run as high a risk of contracting COVID so they were completely bubbled I loved what Tyler Perry did it was such an excellent case study in how to do this Um, my partner and I actually spoke about this the other day in the early days of getting back to work in production, everyone was bubbled in some capacity. So, you know, if you were even working out in the field, you had to stay with your individual units and you didn't interact very much with outside units and you certainly didn't interact out in the world. Um, you were very much bubbled. There are still some productions that follow the bubble. So they'll set up at a hotel and you don't leave the hotel and you do your production and you don't interact with, with individuals outside of the production. However, now with vaccines, now we're kind of seeing a little bit more of a, a looser response um, as far as the bubbling is concerned. But it really depends on the studio's risk appetite. And what have you been recommending when asked? We always talk about a multi-level approach, right? So we also provide a good, better, best based on someone's risk. We would love to see productions still bubbled in some capacity. Uh, We also understand that people need to live their lives, but We have seen a slight uptick in cases and positives registering on set because there is no control over what happens when someone goes home in the evening. Um, And 
with vaccines, we've also seen a trend in people not wanting to follow specific protocols like wearing masks. So we do recommend still wearing masks, um, regardless of your vaccine status, because your vaccine card doesn't mean so much to us because we don't know what your immune response was. You could have gotten jabbed and had zero immune response, but because you have your little card with you, you might think that you're totally fine to be out in the world, and really, you're not. So we recommend still following COVID protocols on set. Um, you know, obviously, the PCR testing um, is a requirement still, you know, so we would, we would follow with, with the union guidelines on that. But we would really love to see the use of this other test, the CPAS test, be used more liberally on set because I think it would prevent any future outbreaks from happening as people's immunity is dropping. Now, I was reading somewhere that this particular uh, test, this CPAS, has basically been signed off on by... Anthony Fauci, the White House, uh, National Institute of Health, and the CDC. Um, is, is that your understanding, that, that this is uh, considered um, completely safe and effective and, and allowable? So CPAS has received FDA emergency use authorization, oh, okay. which is true for everything in COVID. The only thing that's been approved by the FDA is the Pfizer vaccine, but everything else in COVID has received FDA emergency use authorization. Uh, Dr. Fauci has gone on to speak about the importance of the neutralization of antibodies, and that is what our test is measuring. So, um, you know, Dr. Fauci hasn't come out and said, you know, CPAS, but he has come out to speak about the neutralization of antibodies and the importance of that being a, a strong correlate for protection. Well, Lisa, this is fascinating. And this, uh, I have to admit, this is the first that I've heard about this uh, CPAS test. Um, thanks so much for sharing this information with me and the listeners today. And I always uh, ask guests uh, how listeners can find out more about you and and your work past present and future but also about what we've been talking about is is there a um a good resource a website or other resource where people can go absolutely yes yeah, thank you for asking so if they go to epitomerisk.com that's e-p-i-t-o-m-e risk.com you can get more information about how to order the test, uh, the uses for the test, and just some more information surrounding the technology behind it. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I really appreciate it, and keep up the good work. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. All right. Take care. Bye. That was uh, Lisa Wilson from Epitome Risk talking about the CPAS test that they've been um, suggesting as part of uh, COVID protocols for Hollywood Productions and uh, other clients as well. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <music> ¶¶ 
virus comes along that's spreading like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well Unless you want to bid our free society farewell There is a Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docs were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com
<laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hornets. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annanick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current-day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to AmericanSchismBook.com. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your Hollywood reporter, Don Hinckley, at the premiere of what is probably the most talked about motion picture of all time, the story of the great love between the handsome Roman general and the Egyptian queen. We're hoping to interview the beautiful star of this epic. And oh, I, I, I think we're in luck. Yes, yes. We are in luck. Here comes that great beauty now. Excuse me, would you like to say hello to your millions of fans? My name, Jose Jimenez. <laughs> hello to your millions of fans. <laughs> of course, uh, everyone here knows the name of your picture, but I'm sure you'd like to mention it again. The name of my picture is Digit Goes Egyptian. <laughs> I always thought the uh, title of the picture was Cleopatra. Oh, no, no, no. Cleopatra is the name of our coming attraction. <laughs> coming attraction? That's right. Well, that picture cost $40 million. That's nothing. I was cost $100,000. Well, that's not so much. For a ticket? <laughs> you, do you mean that you're charging $100,000 for one ticket? Why, that's I couldn't right. afford to see that picture. Would you like a free pass? <laughs> yes, I would. That'll be $10,000. How much did the picture actually cost to make? Including lunches. Why, why should lunches be so expensive? Do you know what it costs to smuggle corned beef into Egypt? I guess costumes uh, must have cost you a fortune. Oh, costumes, my goodness. They... Costumes alone cost $50 million. I imagine uh, Cleopatra's costume was the most expensive. No, there we saved money. <laughs> Eight yards of saran wrap and some beads was all, all didn't, we needed for that. Didn't they uh, try to save money at all? Yes, we tried to save money at all. For example, one time we had this thing, you know, that was going on in a beautiful alabaster hall. And we had 30,000 dancing girls running around. And we had 20,000 musician people playing golden harps. And we had 40,000 slave girls pouring wine. Well, how did that save money? We used paper cups. <laughs> uh, that must have been the famous orgy scene? No, that was the famous coffee break. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, we swung on a set. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I gotta tell you one thing. That the picture has a surprised ending. So nobody will be seated during the last five hours. 
that's obviously a very long movie, but uh, yes. do you plan to have intermissions? Yes, one intermission. Wednesday. <laughs> you guys can take Wednesday off. You mean the show lasts a whole week? Yes, if you see the cartoon. Cartoon? Yes, Ben-Hur. <laughs> Mickey Mouse plays Ben and Minnie plays her. Exactly how long have you been uh, working on this picture? Well, quite a while, because we had a delay one time. We had to lay off on account of the noise. What noise? World War II. <laughs> we had those tiger tanks going there. We were straight. It was really terrible, and then it was these guys with the pointed helmets. Jose. <laughs> Maybe it was World War I. <laughs> Sir, let's talk about your co-star's salary. I understand it's an astronomical figure. She certainly has. <laughs> I, you I, noticed that. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about I'm her salary. I'm glad to see her observe. Oh, your, her salary. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, you talk about what you want to talk about, and I'll talk about what I want. I understand that she makes $8,000 a day. Now, that's more than most people isn't make in a some, year. Isn't that something? $8,000 a day. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Sure. But is she really happy? Boy, is she happy. <laughs> You never heard such giggling in your life. It comes from that girl on payday, and you can hear it all the way across the street. But, Jose, yes. money doesn't buy happiness. No, but for $8,000 a day, you could rent it. Now that you've mentioned your beautiful co-star, I wonder if you'd answer the question the whole world is asking. I would be delighted to, as long as they don't ask it at once. <laughs> Let them ask you one at a time. Let's start with India, if you like. Right. There's a lot of people over there. The question ask. is... Yes? Are you going to marry your co-star? I would have to say it this time, and you can quote me on this, and I don't care if you quote me word for word and even verbatim. <laughs> I will marry the woman I love. You will? I always do. <laughs> I don't know what I could tell you about how much I love her. I would climb the top of the highest mountain. I would crawl on my little belly across all of the desert and the hot desert, and I would go across the most ragging rivers for her. When will you see her next? Tonight, if it doesn't rain. <laughs> Listen, you know, I got my good toga on. I don't want to spoil Jose, what would you say was your biggest problem in the picture? I would say my biggest problem in the picture was the asp. The uh, asp? Yes. You mean the snake? Yes, the snake asp, yes. <laughs> you see, that is snake. How to come around and hug Cleopatra real tight and coil around her and come up and bite her right on the neck, you see? And it was my job to teach that asp how to do that. So, so, so what's wrong with that? He got it right the first time. <laughs> was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
for a new generation. Tom Sumner Program.com. Tom Sumner Program.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com. From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. Well, that it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to all my guests on the show today. Lisa Wilson from Epitome Risk this last hour talking about COVID protection testing and uh, before that talking uh, with one of the authors of A Brief History of a Perfect Future Inventing the World We Can Proudly Leave Our Kids by 2050. That was uh, Tim Andrews in the second hour of our three-hour tour. And we started out this morning talking with uh, the uh, former um, CEO and president of Planned Parenthood and a New York Times best-selling author. She is uh, currently uh, the Take the Lead co-founder and president, um, feminist icon Gloria Felt was my guest talking about her latest book, Intentioning, Sex, Power, Pandemics, and How Women Will Take the Lead for Everyone's Good. Anyway, as I said, that uh, wraps it up for today's edition as we kick the week off, but this is kind of a special week. We're going to have all of the candidates. They've all been invited. I think they've all agreed to be on the show um, three days this week, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. So we start tomorrow with part one, which includes uh, all of the candidates um, on the ballot and and the uh, and the writing candidates as well from the first, second, and third wards. And then Thursday, we'll have four, five, and six. And on Friday, seven, eight, and nine. So we'll get all of the um, candidates in this week, which I think is still ahead of uh, early voting. And of course, we'll have our uh, regular weekly roundtable with uh, Armchair Politics on Wednesday. And our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, um, talking about uh, local, state, and national politics in the in the headlines and current events. But uh, don't forget, tomorrow is part one of uh, getting to talk with all of the city council candidates from the city of Flint. That's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know, at least for now, it's time to head on down the hall to the living room. But I'll be back tomorrow with the city council candidates. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, 
find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.